All right. Hello. Happy Friday. Happy Friday to all of you. We're here at Studios 23 and um, hope everybody had a great week. I know I had a very interesting week uh, with all the nonsense that happened, like moving and all this shit. But we will get to that as we kind of roll into this episode. Um, it's the big Labor Day weekend. And let's run through the regular nonsense rigmarole, which is the temperature. It's uh, it's not bad today. I'm going to say it's not bad. Traffic, still shitty. Traffic is bad. I don't drive that far. But you know what? For you people that drive, I feel sorry for you. But now you get to listen to me uh, sitting here talking about nonsense. So um, that being said, I want to welcome one of my good friends from Esparto, California. Um, and what I want to say is that this guy has been through the mill, just like me and Esparto, that what I mean by the mill, I mean, we've been tested. We've been toughened up in Esparto. So let's give it up to my good friend, Mike Rodergertz. Rodergertz, here we go. Mike, say hello. What's up, y'all? How you doing? So Mike, anywho, give us a little background on you. Not to, Don't go too deep, but just give oh. us a little quick brief. Who's Mike? Not too deep. Not too deep. Not Just too give deep. us. We'll get deeper as our episodes go in. Okay. But who okay. is Mike in a nutshell? We can't go in too deep, like back to the hotel. I like in too deep. Right. Back to the. Mm-hmm. Yes, I remember. Uh-huh. Real quick story, backstory. Me and my wife go to LA, and we were super hungry. Okay. And we walk in, and we walk. We drove into the In and Out uh, in Long Beach. We were visiting Cha Cha. Remember Cha Cha? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And as we pull in through the, you know, to tell our, you know, order or whatever on the drive, whatever that freaking thing is, intercom, um, I see this shiny glistening city on the ground. And, and that was in my S10. Remember my S10 with the freaking spokes? Oh, yes. The Dope ass. Dayton's, right? Yeah, oh, bro. Yeah. <laughs> so I pull in and I see this shiny disc and I look and I open my door and I pick it up and it said N2 deep. My no way! You did not. Somebody threw away in too deep uh, back what? to the hotel. The single and I popped it in. Why? Why do you throw that away? It's I a classic. Know. I don't know. I mean, yeah, mine is late night after practice for football. Yeah, rolling around like with Ernie. Yeah, bumping that in his like Toyota. Yeah, and it was our like sophomore year, and Ernie was old enough to drive our sophomore year. Yeah, and I remember rolling and bumping that because he had like a fifteen in his back of his truck. I think that was the only speaker that was in the trunk, but it, <laughs> but was it awesome. sounded amazing. Oh, it was, it was amazing. Like there's certain songs that really sound good on the speaker, right? It, you know, it, it, yes. Yes. Yeah. There's no, no doubt about it. I mean, if you're, you're not balling unless you can pull up into deep on your phone right now. That's right. Which is, I'm checking. I'm sure you I'm, have like a, a I'm, playlist. I'm pretty sure. That revolves around into I'm pretty sure that if I pull it up, I can say back to the hotel, right? Mm-hmm. And I can just be like, hey. Maybe like, that should be your intro is, song. Here it is. Right there. That's right. Right, right on the phone. We're not talking the whole like, hey, I got it on the Apple Play. Mm-hmm. No, that's owned. It's on the money. You own it. When you're from <laughs> Esparto, you own that. There you go. So anyways, so not back, getting too in too deep in the nutshell. Back to the me. So uh, you and I met when we were like seven yep. or somewhere around there. Somewhere around there. Um, I'm a financial advisor in Roseville. Mm-hmm. Uh, but most of, well, my clients are all up and down California mm-hmm. and now some parts of the nation. You're married. I am married. Uh, I got three kids. Mm-hmm. I am also a parent of twins, like mm-hmm. you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're my younger. I got two girls and then a boy. That's right. And our kids go to the same school. They do. Yeah. This is true. Yeah. Um, so and we've known each other for a while, and it's uh, it's been a good times. Yeah. And then we've recently kind of reconnected when, um, was it you? We Obviously, we've been running into each other because of the school. Yep. But we reconnected because we were part of a group. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a little less mastermind group. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and then a couple other things with the, the dinner on Main. And all dinner on Main too, and right? Yolo Farm to Fork. Yeah. yeah. So we were part of a, a mastermind group. And actually, um, I started it with some other folks and sought out some people like Caesar to yeah. find and, and share business practices that can make ourselves better. Right. Right. So there you go. So you've been in your business line of work for how long? Like? Two. So... Uh, 17 years. 17 years. Yes. And how was it since the beginning when you first started your professional career 
How was your buildup of clients? Because I know we're going to touch on a couple of topics, okay. but let's kind of understand, you know, people kind of already know how I kind of built up. How did you build up your clientele and your... So, so if you've seen the movie Boiler Room, it was mm -hmm. somewhat similar. I got a list of people to call mm -hmm. and started dialing. I'm a financial advisor by trade. So I started calling and saying, hey, it was people who had requested information and said, you should come in. Let's talk. Yeah. Um, slowly built it up over a period of time. And then in 2005, I jumped out on my own under the same kind of umbrella, but on my own and started my own business right. doing it. Mm -hmm. uh, and I've been doing it since then. So it was right. a slow, steady start. Uh, you got to pass a bunch of tests that have right. an enormous failure rate. Right. Um, I started with 40 people in the state of California, mm -hmm. like in the Northern California area. Yeah. And after two months, there was three of us. Yeah. And um, now here we are, 17 years later. Two of us survived. Yeah. <laughs> and but but the same. That says a lot. Yeah, the two that survived, yeah, yeah. we had survived after two years. Right. right. It's kind of like one of those things. Like after you make it for a little bit, right, you're good to go. But what makes just like me? What makes that customer stick with you? Because you're you're in your line of, you know, in your career, you offer a, a, a unique service. And that service, you're you're trying to grab a client to stick with you for the long run, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then add on, yep, as they grow, yeah, right. So, what makes them kind of stick with you? Obviously, there was because that's kind of things that you can't teach somebody. Yeah, you know what I mean. I, you know, you got to have a relationship. I mean, a lot a lot of the things we're going to talk about is about stuff like relationships, talking with people, you know. I I think it's the ability to relate to people, yeah. right? Having a diverse upbringing and, and being able to tell a story, yeah. right? Uh, to, to make it real. Yeah. So that's a good point. So what do you think if we weren't raised in Esparta, would we be in different places right now? Ooh. You know what I mean? That's a good question. Um, because we were, like I was mentioning earlier, me and Mike, we've been through the mill. Yeah. We were, I think we were toughened up a little bit. Yeah. We've got a little uh, tough skin. Well, in a diverse upbringing, too. In a diverse upbringing. Because, you you know. So we weren't kids, there. Well, there was kids in our classes yeah. who lived in places that had dirt floors. Right. Right. I always had a roof over my head. I was I was lucky. My, I kind of had a, a middle class upbringing. Right. I was kind of lucky. But I knew kids and saw kids and played on the playground every day who had dirt floors. Right. Right. There was a, a very high migrant population and when i say migrant i don't mean hispanic i mean people who would can't come up to work right. on the in the fields with their families and then they go home right so you know when we we have kids that came to class in, in august when we started school school was 250 people yeah right small. and small yeah <laughs> but then then i remember high school numbers right and the, but i remember by like november it was like 180 Right. And then growing season starts and April comes around and it's 250 people again. Right. So it was, I think having the appreciation of that, that there's a lot of different people in the world. Right. But I think the, I think right. one, of, one of the key, one of the points that I'm trying to come across is no matter if you are part of the upper middle class or middle class or lower class, Esparta was very, non-discriminatory yeah that, that, that's what didn't i didn't mean. care like what you had you yes. were treated accordingly right you are treated treated equally e equally you were treated if, as not less treated, yeah like right if you if you you know if you did what you needed to do you were cool there was would, no you, would you call it survival skills yes yeah yeah right like if you're a good yeah. person you're a good person you're a bad person you're, you're a bad, bad person. person yeah yeah Right, like that. Mm -hmm. Here you go. I don't know. I don't. I don't know how to describe it. Yeah. Into words. Well, because one of the topics here that you wrote, right, it's about why millennials aren't so bad, right? True. Millennials are raised a little different than I think me and you were. Yes. Right. Well, it, you know, we had. I was one of the first kids in Yolo County to have a cell phone. Yeah. Right. Right. But. Not for the reason you'd think, right? right? It was because the house that I lived in, we were so far off the beaten path mm -hmm. that it would have cost so much money to put a phone line into my parents' house that 
we got a CD. And then when cell phones came out, all of a sudden we had a phone number. Right. Right. Like I remember calling on the CD to talk to my aunt and uncle. Yeah. And relaying the message because somebody at the CB place was picking up a phone, calling them and relaying what the yeah. person back and forth was saying. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. It is. CB is kind of cool. It's you. I dude, like it. We talked to the truckers. Yeah. Yeah. My house was not too far from the highway. We turn it on, break yeah. your breaker, what's your 20? Right? Yeah. Well, it's kind of like those toy ones, right? You always catch a signal. You fiddle around with the knob. You'll catch right. something random. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Except this one was like a ham radio antenna on the roof. Like yeah. It was legit. It was legit. So, but, um, I, like, it just, it, it exposed us to a lot of different stuff yeah. that I look at, like, a kid today who's always had a cell phone, always has, we joked about Into Deep and Apple Music and being right. able to pull that up, all that up, right? Mm -hmm. Like, they're living in that digital world. Right. And, and... You know, in my industry, it's an aging industry. So the average advisor is 62. Mm -hmm. Their average client is 65. Mm -hmm. I'm 42 years soon, I think mm -hmm. the number is. I can't remember. I've hit the point in my life that I don't remember my age. You don't even uh, I know that point. Right. And my average client's in their mid-40s. Yeah. So I'm a little bit different. But I work with a ton of the millennials. And the fact of the matter is, generationally, they are five to seven years behind us as right. Gen Xers, right? Yeah. And um, baby boomers, they're 10 years behind them. So the baby yeah. boomers are looking at them and they're like, look, Mike, you know, they've had them. Right. They're, the millennials are their kids. And they're like, when I was 30, I had two kids, a job, a 401k. I had all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And my kid, he's traveling the world, doesn't have a serious job, no house, no kids, da, right. Da, da, right? And so they get upset because they're looking at like at 25 they had done all these things and my you know their kids they're, they're thinking they're delayed in life right the reality is with them being five to seven years behind us and 10 behind the baby boomers you need to think of them as like a 25 year old kid and if you think of that 30 year old millennial as a 25 year old right they're doing the exact same stuff right right they grew up in a different environment of course so they're gonna do the same stuff as everybody else so Everyone rags on the millennials being so yeah. bad that they're like they're horribly irresponsible. They just haven't hit the life stage where they've had kids. I just feel and like all that. Yeah, but I just feel like you know watching uh, either social media or maybe some YouTube video of you know a lot of these people going to these uh, what do you call these? Not conventions. Like we're we're the here speakers, right? Speakers mm -hmm. talk. You know, like your Gary V's. Like no, I'm talking like your Gary V's and what's the other guy? Robbins. Oh, Tony Robbins. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I'm kind of shifting gears here. So, like, my theory is, and I told my wife this, is like, I think these people just love getting yelled at, right? Because when you go to these things, <laughs> okay, okay. they're just getting yelled at. You know, somebody says, well, Tony, um, how do I how do I become successful? In this? Well, get off your ass. And go and get it, right? But don't you think it takes more than just getting off your ass? Oh, yeah. I mean, anybody can get off their ass. But what, what I'm trying to say is that I think people just love getting yelled at. Even though maybe they might not change their their lifestyle, their path. They go to these things, spend a shit ton of money for sure. Yeah. Just to get yelled at. Or to maybe have content for their social media. Because now we're a content-driven society, right? I'm going to go pay $500 for a ticket to Tony Robbins, be in the front seat, and then post it on, you know, whatever, YouTube or Instagram or whatever. And then they can build maybe some kind of revenue that way. And, and build their following, right? And build sell their, their ads and sell their ads, stuff, right? But at the end of the day, what are they learning? They're, well, they're, they're not learning anything concrete. Right. Right. I, you know, I like Tony Robbins and I like Gary Vee. Mm -hmm. um, the one I've been listening to lately is Andy Forsell. Have you mm -hmm. seen or heard of him? Mm. It's the MF CEO project. Mm -hmm. And he's kind of like it's it, teaching discipline, which is interesting to me. He's got something called 75 Hard, which has got a few, like five different things that you got to do on a daily basis. And so I, I know the holidays are coming. I'm not going to try and do it because one of them is no drinking alcohol and like following a certain diet. And, I, and I'm like the holidays in my right. industry. It's like, yeah. it's, 
right? And and, right. and and his message is you can't deviate from it, right? You have to do every step of it. So right. January one, I'm gonna start it, right? Like I know that's like the new, but here yeah, I am. Like and, it, here I, I am, and you know, <laughs> so you can you can hold it to me, oh, right? God. All listeners, all of you, it's, yeah, yeah. So you can hold me. And ask me if I'm doing 75 hard in January. Oh God, right? Um, but, but what what but what is that gonna what is that gonna do? What it is is it's so hard that you it teaches that discipline of like I've got to do it. And so this right. sounds familiar. But don't we discipline ourselves every day? Well, yes and no. It's about setting the right goals. I mean, right? I think more yes than no. You, okay. Well, you, talking, you and I, yes. Yes. Millennials, though, right? Because they take it back to them and, like, they're getting yelled at. and they, they like But do they need at. somebody to tell them to do these things? And that's what I mean by they, they want to get yelled at. parents aren't telling them to do these things. So then, okay. So they're seeking out that message. So then it kind of goes into this world issue that we have, right? Okay. What's the world issue? How many? I'm, I'm a, in okay. finance. What do you Kid, want? Kids, Millions. Kids misbehaving. Yeah. Doing stupid stuff. Shooting up schools. This and that. At the end of the day, who's to blame? The parents. The parents. And it's accountability. And and you know what? Like these kids so are you seeking fail? out accountability. Right. Like if you if you think of it that way, they're seeking out accountability. How can you hold me accountable? Like what is it that I need to do to be a success? And they're looking to the Gary Vee's. They're looking right. to the Tony Robbins. They're looking to the Tim Ferriss of the world. They're looking right. to the, the and and you know what? I actually I think Gary Vee and I think uh, uh, Robbins and those guys they actually have something pretty concrete. Right. I think like they're looking to the the YouTube stars, the the ones that there's it's all fluff, it's all show. There's nothing right. real. What uh, was it? Ta- uh, Takashi six nine, all his right. fake stuff, and like like really, yeah. Oh, but th- that's not real, right? And I was gonna say, don't you think that maybe um, that some of us could actually benefit? I, I get it, the Gary V's and the Tony Robbins because they're they market themselves really yeah. well. Right. Well, they're huge, and they're huge. They're huge operations. And then people talk about them, and yada yada yada. Yeah. All that. But at the end of the day, they're running a business. Yep. And who's their product? People that don't know what the hell to do with their lives. Yep. So people are a product, but people don't look at it that way. But if they did, they might, their brain might open up a little and say, "Oh shit, I'm a product." Oh yeah. Right. Oh yeah. But why don't people? Right, let's just say not just millennials, anybody. Because we can actually lead into like networking and stuff. Why don't they seek advisors? Maybe local advisor. Maybe a friend that's possible advisor. Maybe a business owner who's successful. That's an advisor. You know, maybe somebody approaching you that says, hey, Mike, you know, I see you're very successful. You're in this group, this group. I want to be like you. And that kind of moves into that kind of the topic about how to talk to anybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? But then also... The other part of it is how do you how do a person like me and you believe someone, right? Like really take that to heart that says, hey Caesar, I need help. I need help uh you know bettering myself. Because our time is really valuable. Yeah. Especially right now, right? Yeah. You have time? What time? What time? Right? If we say sorry, we can't help you, are we at fault? No. And right, if like they approach us, and if they approached us, should we be more open-hearted because they're actually seeking out help? But then again, what if you spend all this time and they just don't even listen? So, so, so it's kind so of like a first, double-edged sword. So the first question, the answer to the first question is why don't people seek an advisor? Yeah. I think they don't seek it because it means they've got to open themselves up to vulnerability. Right? Mm-hmm. Sure, they're weak spots. Right? How do you get people to do that? They don't want to do that because, because you, know, back, you look at like social media and all that stuff. Right. No one talks about like, the, oh, I had a, this crappy thing happen to me right. on social media. It's always like ah, puppy dogs and, you know, like flowers and Instagram pictures of fabulous meals, which I know my Instagram is pictures of fabulous meals. I, I recognize that. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. But, Your but Instagram is cute. Yeah. It's cute. <laughs> oh, it's cute. Right? That's right. But I... But like it's it's uh, you know all this like everybody feels good about themselves, right? And in this happy like I've got to be happy all the time. Blah, blah. No, you don't have to be happy all the time. It's okay to embrace your failures and and be like all right, look, 
I have vulnerabilities. How do I, I go and, and fix that? Um, the other one is like a lot of these talking gurus that I say, think, mm-hmm. and feel don't have substance. Right. They're like, look, you know, a, they, they, you know, find your weaknesses and, and fix your weakness and you'll be fine. No, I'm, I'm a fan of like double down on your strengths. Mm-hmm. Hire away people to take care of your weaknesses and double down on your strengths. Mm-hmm. And and I try and look at the world and find people. And the more and more I delve deeply into the networking and how to talk to anybody and you know all yeah. that kind of stuff, I find that the people who are the most successful have figured out what their strengths are and they really focus on those. And then they take the weaknesses and find a solution for them. Maybe right. it's an app that takes care of something. Maybe it's a person that they hire. It's whatever, right? And so they're not working on the... But that's a lot of work, though. It is, but that, do you want to be success kind of, or not? That's right, but that actually kind of uh, filters out the people who are willing to take a chance and not willing to take a chance. Yes. This is too much work. I'm going to go work at Target Warehouse. Yeah. I don't want to think. I just want to do. Yeah. I want to be a product. Yeah. No, it's it's a huge amount of work. Right. Like I I'd love to be able to like go ride my bike and I'm in a mountain bike, go ride it all all the time. But right. Like for for I think it was three or four weeks in a row, I literally had like time in my busy schedule that I carved out that I could go for ride, ride and then bam, I can't go because something happened. Right. Can't go, can't go, can't go. Right. And that, you know, it's the, do, which one's more valuable to you? And, yeah. and for me, it's, it's the family and, and that kind of stuff. Um, health is becoming more valuable, but I could accomplish the health without as much fun by waking up early and, and riding in my garage or doing something like okay, that. Right? So maybe, so if you're saying health, because I'm always in, in, I'm thinking about my health as well, is are we listening to like certain types of Tony Robbins and, uh, you know what I mean? In regards to health, like I can improve your life right now because I need help being healthy. Yeah. So that's our weakness. Yes and no. Like, well, this Andy Frisell guy that 75 yeah. Harden that I mentioned, like it's simple stuff that you wouldn't think, but it takes a lot of discipline. One of them is drink a gallon of water every day. Right. Like that's hard to do. One of them is to take a self-progress picture. Another is to work out twice for 45 minutes in the day. But the kicker is it has to, one of them has to be outside. Now everyone thinks like work out, like oh, I'm going to go sweat and all this. And he says, no, it, it can be just a walk. Yeah. That can count. And the whole thing is like make yourself incrementally better every day. Yeah. Get yourself to have lots and lots of little successes and you'll find long-term a lot of long-term successes. And so that kind of appealed to me. It's, yeah. it's way simpler. And so it it's about paying it's attention time to management. Health, but yeah. It's time management. At the end of the day, it's time management. Right? It's how hungry are you right now in your business as opposed to how comfortable are you? Don't you think? Like yeah. if I let's say Let's say I wasn't doing the app and I wasn't doing this or whatever. And I built my Cali designs. I say, you know what? I'm comfortable. I've got a lot of reoccurring. I'm good. I'm going to schedule my days now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to work three, four hours a day. I'm going to walk and do all this stuff that you said. And that's that. And yeah. I'm living life, just coasting, coasting. But is that enough for somebody who's willing to go out and take chances? Yeah. Everybody's different. The coast is different too. Like, do you? Everybody's different. Everybody's different. But like, my wife said something to me the other day. She like, goes, what makes know, what makes at the end of the day what makes us happy? Well, and that's what that kind right? of plays into. Like, is is doing the seventy five day challenge makes us happy? I think it, for me, yes. Well, why? Curious why? Curious why? Because I get the discipline, and I've tried some of it. Yeah. Like I I tried for to two days in a row just to do one part drink the gallon of water yeah which is i i carry around a 32 ounce yeti cup all yeah. day long right that's four and a half yeti cups yeah. do you know how many times i went to the bathroom that day of course it's ridiculous it's ridiculous and it was hard it was hard to do all that right. and so i've done some little parts of it just incrementally because i was like I, I you know i'm a realist i know i'm not going to complete it during the holiday season mm-hmm. but after the holidays i can make this work 
And it's hard and it takes the discipline. And I, and I know my internal self um, that holding myself accountable is, is good, but have a system to hold myself accountable, right. I think would be better. And, and it, it's like, uh, you know, there's diets and then there's Weight Watchers, right? They right. always say Weight Watchers is a lifestyle. It's not a diet. So maybe, maybe, just maybe, if we would focus on time management, we can, we can figure out this whole thing and not have to do these 75 day challenges. Yes. Well, the, because why, right. why do we always do this? I've hear about it. All these, like do the, this challenge week and this, do the ice bucket challenge for 75 days. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. 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 Why? Well, I think it's, why do we do these, these, these challenges? Why? Because are they, are they asking us that we can't do it? Are you telling me that I can't do something? Right? Yeah. That's the feeling I get. I get what you're saying. And then people, I, and then your friends post it on Facebook and be like, check this out. I did, I'm doing the 75 change. And then they say, uh, tag a friend who, who's willing to. Correct. Don't tag me. You know. At don't be tagging me to do a challenge. Oh, I like if somebody, I think somebody tagged me to do one of those stupid challenges. I'm like, no. Don't waste my time with these challenges. Because <laughs> you know what? I think we're challenging ourselves every day. But I are think, we not? I think that you and I are different than the majority of the population. Right. I think we think of it differently. I think the more the majority of the population is like, I want this, you know, they view it as this quick help, self-help fix. Here you go. Do it. Right. Right. And, and I'm coming into it like, no, it's not quick hit uh, or quick fix, quick help thing. Mm -hmm. I'm like, it's just a different, it's a challenge to myself for 75 days to make it hard, harder to do what I need to do. Right. Right. Because I know that if it's hard, I'll value it more. And I, and when I'm focused on this kind of stuff, mm -hmm. I get more stuff done and I'm more efficient. Right. I look at some of the things that I've done. And in the last week I've accomplished probably 50% more stuff getting done mm -hmm. than I did prior to starting some of this stuff. Right. Which is in a week. That's pretty, pretty good. Pretty good chunk. Right. Yeah. And I have a horrible habit of going to bed at, you know, one in the morning and waking up at five mm -hmm. I can function, but you know, me and Red Bull, it's like the elixir of life. Yeah. Um, since I started kind of doing this, I've been going to bed at 11, still waking up at five, Yeah. but getting more sleep. So it's been, it's been a boon mm -hmm. for me, but in, it's not what motivates me to succeed. It's right. not, I don't need it to be a success. Right. It's a challenge to myself to go out and grow while I'm challenging myself in this area. Right. right. And it's also, it stemmed a little bit from a conversation with my wife not too long ago where she was like, you do lots of stuff, but a lot of it, you're not doing well. Right. So it's a challenge to me to cut out things that I'm not doing well in right. my life. And, and if I put it on my list, I have to accomplish it. So I'm doing it well, if I accomplish it, right. On my to-do list. Right. And I've noticed like, Oh, wait a, a few of these things. I'm not doing well. I'm going to get rid of it. Uh, so it's, it's cut down some of the requirements that have been pulling on me. So maybe just maybe, bro, I'm thinking that as, as human beings, as people, we're no different than having those thousand coffee cups. Mm -hmm. Internally, we have a thousand coffee cups. Yes. We don't need them. Yes. We only need one or two. Yes. We got to get rid of these coffee cups. Yes. How do we do it? When you move, you toss them. Yes. Right. You know what I mean? So you're self-creating your own move, right? You're self-creating. My 75 heart is creating yes. my move date yeah. to get rid of stuff. Because yeah. I hear you talking about those coffee cups and now I want to get rid of the coffee cups in my house. It's like, why do we need But we, in our lives, we have, you can put everything into perspective that says, you know, I need to self-discipline here. I need to do it here, here. There's a lot of ways we can do it. Mm -hmm. You know, like me at work or, you know, I need to draw more because that makes me feel at ease. Mm -hmm. I need to do this. So I think internally all of us have our own hurdles. And for the point that I'm trying to make, that we're trying to make, is somebody who lived this life and or going through their own challenges fucking figured it out. And then they says, you have to do a 75-day challenge or you have to do this. What? Why don't we just do our own challenges? Uh, okay. 
why don't we put a paper that says, I'm going to do this this week because I know I can, because yeah. I'm making my own. We're businessmen, right? We challenge ourselves every day. Hi. Hi. All right. So we're back. Yes, we are. And we have some delicious steaks. Yes, we do. Steaks from, and this is not a plug, but it's, it goes into the story. Steaks by the Butcher's Choice of Nevada. Okay. B-C-O-F-N-V.com. We're supposed to ask about the free freezer. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I know. It's a little bit scary. It is. Don't ask. I, I like, yeah. Don't ask. <laughs> so anyways, um, so we'll talk a little bit about our week, and I had a funny story. Okay. And it's the steak that we're eating here. Okay. So okay. Um, it was Tuesday. I think we moved Tuesday. It was Wednesday. It was exhausting. Wife went out to go clean one of the, the other house that we're leaving, and I'm here alone and I'm hungry. And I'm like, and I didn't have my car. Okay. Of course, there was places nearby and I want to walk, but I didn't want to walk. So I'm here working away. And all of a sudden, a guy walks into my office and I get up and I go meet him. And he's like, Hey, my name is so and so with Nevada's Butcher, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, Okay. I'm like, what are you selling? He's like, I'm selling steak and fish. And he's like, let me go get it and I'll show it to you. And already I'm weak. I'm hungry. Yes. I'm like, I'm already going to buy this steak. And it's it, a steak. You're from Esparto, so steak. Uh -huh. My mentality is already, I want this steak. He comes in, he pulls it out in his freezer, dry pack, right? Whatever that is. Yeah. And he's going through his sales pitch. And I, I must commend him on his sales pitch. There's very few people that I really give credit to on sales pitches. He's, he's really good. He was really good. He wasn't too forceful. He knew the product. He sold the product well. Okay. He knew the deals. Okay. Everything. He knew how to work it. He worked it. So as he finishes the whole pitch, he gives me the, the pamphlet. and said, this is how much it is. Like 500, 600 bucks for the box of beef. I'm like, nah, that's too much. I'm hungry, but not that hungry. <laughs> Which it came down to, I'm not that hungry. Yeah. Right? I'm like, I could survive today without eating $600 worth of steak. Yes. So then he's like, well, how about for, I'll leave you the box of steak for 238 bucks. That's a pretty good deal. Sold. So I bought the box of steak. Okay. As soon as he left, I'm like, I'm going to try this steak. I'm going to thaw it out. If it tastes like shit, I'm going to call him up and say, come and pick up your steak. So I run up, get it all ready like we cooked it right now. Yeah. God damn, that was a good piece of steak. Nice. So that's what we're eating here. Okay. It's a delicious piece of steak yeah. that when I was hungry and I was just saying, I'm so hungry. Like I set my thoughts out into outer space. And steak came to you. Steak walked in. When I grow up, I want to be like you. What's that whole thing about if you will it, it will come? What's that saying? Oh, I know. I it's, it's another one of those things like if you practice thinking about it like right like a, one of those walls it's like on a self-actualization like a vision wall like vision, vision board vision like, board yes so i envisioned myself eating and then I it just happens. happened you know right now i'd really i could envision myself some risotto yeah that would be really great which i i love i can make risotto i love you making can, risotto. oh i'm a good risotto cook we might have to have a risotto cook-off yeah yeah Let's see who who's the best yes i'm down for that we'll get bro. one of get one of our uh you know chef friends to tell us who's risotto is best mm. so good so good what you what you can't see via podcast is the <laughs> emphatic nodding up and down as caesar is um and the smile the ear-to-ear -ear smile on you know what face. if my wife was right. I did cook it a little bit over. But you know what? I'm what? hungry. Well, no, okay. I'm sorry. How how over is it? Well, mine looks pretty good. I'll get, I, it doesn't look bad at all. Wait. Well, like, the, to say it that way, though, means it sounds like I'm complaining. No, the flavor. Good. The flavor is right. It is. It is. Just amount. Of, just the right amount of pepper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just the right amount of salt. Oh. So there you go. I don't think I've ever met a steak that I didn't like. You know? So. I think that we're two lucky individuals. I would Wouldn't agree. you say so? We I come would. from a little town of Esparto. We're here podcasting. We're eating steak. We went 
And you know, opened up the freezer in your office and it's full of meat. And then we're drinking tequila. The, yes. No. It's a win. It's a win. It's a win all around. So how was your week? Anything interesting? Anything interesting. You know? Anything funny? Anything that kind of opened up your eyes and be like, wow, I can't believe that happened. Or I can't believe I, 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 I did it this way. Or I can't believe whatever it might be. Anything interesting? You know, I I had a, a lunch today with a client. And I was talking to him, so we're in a, a transition phase. I've got a, a young advisor I'm teaching how to do what I do. Because mm-hmm. I hit that point, I'm, I'm at capacity, right? And so when you're at capacity, either you, you stop growing and you just stagnate, which is death. Mm-hmm. Or you adapt and change. So I came to the conclusion I got to changed up a little bit and I've got a new advisor who's, who's starting and she's great. She's doing a great job. And, but I'm transitioning some of my clients, some of them long time clients right. to her. And so I talked to the, the, the client of mine, right. Who's not one of the ones I'm a, a transition. Okay. So when he hears this, I'm re-emphasizing what we talked about at lunch today. <laughs> transition is such a it, tough word. Well, it, it is, it is. <laughs> and I look at it and I'm like, he said it, he said it best. He said, look, you're, you have filtered through people to come to the conclusion, conclusion that this person mm-hmm. is going to do a great job mm-hmm. for your clients and that this person has your confidence. Right. So if I was sitting in front of you and you were saying, hey, I believe in this person because I've hit that point that I cannot serve you as well as I once did, mm-hmm. but this person can, mm-hmm. I would look to that person with a significant air of respect and appreciation and look to you to say, thanks for being honest with, yeah. us, with us. Okay. Right? Like, yeah. he's, you know, he said, it's not like you're running away. You're not... Right, you know, getting out, you're still gonna be there, right? But you're, you know, you've hit that point. And it's one of my, one of my, I love this guy and his wife, they're mm-hmm. great clients. I mean, Long they've been with me, uh, 13, 14 years. So you could say that. What would make you transition them out? Why them? They're not getting transitioned. Oh, he's not getting transitioned. Gotcha. Out. Yeah, no, he's he's there, but oh, some of my clients are getting transitioned. They've been around that long. Right. So why? Because my expertise has become small business owners Mm -hmm. and like C-suite or just below C-suite clients. Mm -hmm. So that's where my bailiwick is and the the clients I do the best job for. Right. If they're not in that level, I can do a good job, but frankly, I'm overpriced for them. Right. Mm-hmm. So if I transition them to a new advisor, they can maintain the same pricing. They can maintain the same service, same quality. Get somebody who's right in there. But it's not Mike. It's not Mike, but it's been trained by Mike. Right. Mm. And so that's what and, and I was feeling the same way as you were. Yeah. And that's what he said to me. He said, sitting on the other side of the table, if you were saying to me, like, it's not that I don't like you. It's not any of that. It's that I like you be, and I like you. And so I'm going to have you work with this person because I can't give you the time that I once did. I look at that as a respectful thing. I look at that as I would respect you more for being honest with me. Right. And I would respect that person that you're transitioning to or transitioning me to right. highly because of that. Right. Oh, okay. So that gave me a whole new perspective yeah. about it. Cause I was internally arguing with myself about, Right. What that would be. Right. I mean, I have networked my way up the chain to Mm -hmm. to that. And this guy is he's he runs a business unit for a very, very large company. Mm -hmm. And his territory is up and down the the western United States. Um, So he's not a minor guy. Right. And he was saying that he this is how you should feel about it. Mm -hmm. It was very it was intriguing. Wow. To hear. And hear him say that. Wow. So, so I'm a, I'm going to turn it on you, yeah. right? The interviewer becomes the interviewee. Mm-hmm. So we talked a little bit ago about that whole how to talk to anybody. Yeah. 
you're you you walk through town and everybody knows Caesar. Yeah. How do you, as a guy from Esparto, talk to anybody about anything? Oh shit, man! It was at That's first. Right. Yeah, at first, uh, I don't know if you remember when I was in Esparto, it was I was not as talkative. I wasn't out of my shell yet. The day that I came out of my shell is probably senior year working at Guy's Corner. It kind of, I worked, you know, Guy's Corner, remember Mm -hmm. Guy's Corner? Yeah. And I was a cashier. I had to talk to people. Okay. Farmers, people just going by. Okay. All of that stuff, right? And that was a big, I mean, guys was a big deal back in the day. (laughs) It was a big deal. So... You know, I think that was, and then part, I, I, I'm going to give my wife credit because I think she kind of helped me get out of my shell as well. Okay. Right? If it wasn't for those two things, I don't think I would be the person that I am now. Okay. Because you need you need change in your life. Yeah. You know what I mean? If I was going to, let's say I didn't meet Pauline and let's say I didn't get a work a job with Guy's Corner, I probably wouldn't be as talkative. You know what I mean? I'd probably just be just... Working at Target. Not, no offense to people who work at Target. By all means. Mm-hmm. But I would probably wouldn't be very goal-driven. Not that I'm saying people at Target. I'm going to have to edit Man, this out. You're just, you're just working. <laughs> yeah, you're like. But I love talking to people. I love meeting people and learning about who they are, what they do, and what makes them unique and different. Right? Okay. It just It's interesting. To me, it's interesting learning people, right? Before I started my business, My Cali Designs, uh, you can visit My Cali Designs at MyCaliDesigns.com. Uh, I like that. I like that. That's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little plug. Yeah. Um, before I started it, I, I, at the, you know, we were going to the gym and, and trying to regular routine days, you know, working eight-hour day, go to the gym, then go home, and blah, 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 all that stuff. But I got to meet a lot of interesting people and a lot of amazing people that actually are part of my life. Like, literally, we became so close that it was just, it's its funny. You know what I mean? And, it, and most of the time, those people, it just started with a little snarky remark. Were any of them people from growing up? No, this is older people. Okay. Um, no connection to Esparto? No connection to Esparto. Okay. Older people. Older people who... Because, you know, older people don't live in Esparto. Right. Right. <laughs> right. right. Um, one of them was uh, Jeff Gale, which I missed dearly. He passed away. Okay. And I remember seeing him in the gym. And I would go up and I was always tired. And I was like... And I see this old man just doing like a thousand push-ups. <laughs> And I was just so frustrated. And I go up to him and I say, what the hell are you always doing Mm push-ups? And he he just kept doing his push-ups. And then he got off and he, off the the pull-up bar, I'm sorry, pull-ups. He kept doing pull-ups. Pull-ups are hard. Mm -hmm. 20, 30, 40, 50. This guy just kept going. And it just bugged me. And I'm over here trying to lift weights. Mm Mm-hmm. But he's over here just doing pull-ups, and he's ripped. So I made this little snarky remark. I'm like, what are you doing pull-ups for? What's he even doing? He's like, well, you know, uh, pull-ups, you're, you, you, get, you get stronger than just doing weights. I'm mm-hmm. like, really? So then from then on, we started this conversation, and I got to learn a little bit more about him, who he is as a person, what was his past, what was his beliefs. He was probably – he was the first one who taught me how to shoot a gun. He introduced me to – Really, other good people. Um, it was it was just fun, and that it sparked a thing in my head. Yeah, you know what I mean. You know how when you do something and then it just created a ripple effect. Yep. It's like holy crap. So how do you, I apply this to like you or anybody else? And I can just get closer and closer and closer, but not to take advantage, but to learn and and. Be the sponge and absorb this, but also in return, if they need my service, whatever. It was for friendship or for business. So, so I learned 
not a trick of the trade. I learned something, a skill, mm-hmm. an important skill in life of how to communicate with people to get a result, to get something out of them that you're looking for. So I'm hoping that this skill down the line, when I go to my pitch, kind of translates what I'm pitching to them. So what commonality yeah. did the two of you have? Uh, God, let's see. It was very religious. Okay. I wasn't. Okay. I think the opposites kind of attracted us. Yeah, but you had to have some common ground. There was no common ground, but we worked out. So there it is. We worked out. Your common ground. We right? met working out. So we talked about how you, you know, talk to anybody, and that's it. Yeah, you got to put yourself. You got to put yourself out to yeah. seek to find that commonality. Yeah. Just like being part of a board, right? Yep. There's some people that become really good friends, and some that might just don't, right? Mm-hmm. You don't hit it off. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Yep. Nobody, uh, not everybody's going to like you. Yep. Who cares? In fact, sometimes on the board, it's maybe good to be the person that isn't liked. That's right. I've never been that person. <laughs> never. Me neither. No. I, uh, real quick, I was at an event without mentioning names. There yep. was a person who was previously on this board. Oh. Totally avoided me. No eye contact, whatever. And you know what? It felt empowering. Right. You know what I mean? Like. Right. It's almost like you're you're exuding a fear to others. I says this guy, and the reason why, and not just because of that, not because of whatever happened at the yeah. board, but because as I was walking the room, and talking to probably ninety percent of the people, I can see it in his his aura his being. that he's like, God damn it, Caesar knows everybody. Yes, right. Yes, and that's what's important. I've, I've had a few instances that, like, I'm I'm old school Yolo County. Yeah. Right? And so my wife would, I'm like, hey, I think that's my cousin. Right? Grabbing by. And she always give me crud. Oh, no. Whatever. You always say. Well, we were here. Then we moved away for a little bit. And then we came back and had kids and all this stuff. Right? Yeah. And now she's starting to get like, oh, wait. Yeah, he is related to everybody. Mm-hmm. Right? There's six or seven cousins in the school that our kids are in. Yeah. Right? In like just the elementary school. So there's a lot of them. And it's been funny for me to see that. Like it's been a little bit empowering to be like, I kind of know everybody. So I'm running around and, and nice. people are always like, wait a second. What do you, you know, how do you know so-and-so on the board that we are talking about? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I said, oh, let's get this vendor to help us out a little bit. Right. Right. Made a couple calls. Two days later, they were on board. It was, right. it was. They picked up the phone and were ready to go. And people are going, "How? What? How did you do that?" Mm-hmm. I said, like, "Well, I just called the right person, and you know, when I went straight to the top because I I knew them, mm-hmm. and we had commonality or common ground, or there was some familial relation, right? And so, you know, how to talk to anybody? You just got to seek common ground. Yeah, but then it also takes a personality to talk to people. You think it be, can you think it can be taught? Look at you, right? I remember you as the right. kid who was always like quiet, head down light drawing, kid, yeah, head down drawing, right? And I look at what you do now, and I'm like, you turned that into because there was a lot of kids that were head down drawing right. in our school, right? Right. You're the only one that turned yeah. it into something, yeah. And you were a quiet kid, and Super I had a quiet. greedier assessment that Pauline brought you out of your, right. your shell, right? right? And she saw something in you and she brought you mm-hmm. out of these, like, you've all seen it blossom. Yeah. So can it be taught? Yeah. But look at yourself. Mm. Is it hard work? Yeah. It's, is it uncomfortable as all get out? You know, I had, and I'll touch on that, is I had a, through my years of learning, like I said, what I said upstairs, is we don't know everything. We think well, we do. you don't. I do. Right. But you don't. Right. Ebeda. <laughs> So, uh, well, you know, hey, vectors. I still don't know what vectors are. Right. So we got to know. I right? know what vectors are. They cut my grass. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> That's so horrible. That's that is, so that, horrible. That might be edited out. I don't know. But yeah. anyways. Well, you know. That's, yeah. well, you know. It's Sparta. It's, it's Sparta, right. you know. Let's just hope that Trump doesn't build the wall this far away. 
Which, guy, oh wait, it's a funny story. Funny story. Real quick. Right? Yeah. Funny story. You're going to like this. <laughs> You're going to like this. College. I'm a dumb college guy. Right? <laughs> I go to Cancun for spring break. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're sitting there and, and they're trying to jack with our hotel room. Uh-huh. Me and one of my fraternity brothers. We're talking. And they don't know that he's, I mean, he's a, a pasty white guy like me, yeah. right? For those of you that are listening and don't see me, I like, I'm reflective. Okay. I am reflective, right? I, like, yeah. I've been hired in the past to be uh, a reflective. Let's put it in the context here. Right. Um, what's that box The with the oatmeal? The guy that's on the box. Quaker oatmeal? Yeah. He's very reflective. Yes, he is. <laughs> yes, he is. Yes, he is. <laughs> like, like, I'm wider than the paint on your walls. Okay. He's just uh, playing. People, just, people right? he's just playing. Anyways, yeah. go ahead. Yeah. So, okay, so we're there, right? And he, my buddy's a Hispanic origin, right? And I'm the pasty white kid, right? I like the word origin. Yeah. But she used origin more. Yes. I like that. But anyways, because it's, it's the fact. My friend right? is from white origin. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I'm from German origin, <laughs> right? So, okay, German, Irish, and Italian, yeah. right? <laughs> um, my, so, my client is from asshole origin. Oh, that's not a good client. <laughs> So we're sitting there and we're talking and we're back and forth. Yeah. And what the guys behind the counter don't know is he and I both speak fluent Spanish. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about how they're going to hose us yeah, yeah. for the room and That's all this fun right. stuff, right? They're like, oh, Maybe the little liquor cabinet. They're, they're yeah. like, they're, they're like, Taunt. and so he and I are just sitting there and we turn to each other in Spanish and say, so when do you think we should let him know that we know Spanish? Yeah. And he's like, I, he goes, I'd give him five more minutes or so and, and we'll see what happens. And yeah. then we just turned to him and those guys turned white as a ghost. It was hilarious. 10 minutes later, we Did were they in, turn white? Uh, they of turned a origin white of white. Ghost. Yes. Origin of white. <laughs> and they, and 10 minutes later we were in our room. Yeah. yeah. It was <laughs> awesome. I was like, yeah. Which I was so. going to touch up on that because we we're talking about walls. Yeah. So there's a hurricane happening in, um, Florida, right? Yes. So Trump, he said he was going to build a wall to block hurricanes. Fact. What? <laughs> you heard it here, folks. I'm going to build a wall to stop hurricanes all day. All day. I'm kidding. Oh, I'm kidding. oh my goodness. <laughs> that was fake news brought okay. to you by Caesar. Okay. Okay. I was like, really? And the guy has this. <laughs> Uh, but anywho, yeah. um, not to get into politics, but yeah. yeah. So so talking to anybody, right? Yeah. Like find that common ground. You got to be able to, can it be taught? Why? Yes, you can okay. be. Well, you can why learn. can't me and you be the, the Tony Robbins of learning how to talk to people 101? You know what I mean? So you do, like there's two sides to it, right? Like there's the, I, there's enough of those people out there. Well, you right. know what? We have clients, we have friends who run businesses and blah, blah, blah. And some are successful, some are not, or some are struggling or blah, 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 blah. And one of the number one things that I always say, number one, it's get out there in your community. Yeah. You have to yeah. shake hands, meet people, and be a part of your community. Yep. And a lot of that has to do with talking. Hi, my so- name is so-and-so. I own so-and-so business, and I've been blah, 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 blah. Yes. That even that little simple thought can elevate your yourself, make you feel more empowered and your business. Because if you're connecting with people, it's like, you know what, I'm gonna go try it out. Yep. Or I'm gonna go check it out. Yeah. But people don't do that anymore because they stick in their little box and they say, you know what, the people will come. No, it doesn't work that way. You know that. I know that. You gotta go out there and meet people. So you don't you know what which you know one one of the topics that you said is networking. Doesn't work. It doesn't work, but no, doesn't work. Never network. Never network. But do the right types of groups or types of events where you can meet people in your community. No, I have a little bit different. What do you mean? Thought. I have a little bit different thought. So that's what I mean by that. We we didn't talk a ton about it. Networking doesn't work. Meeting people does. Meeting people does. And so what I mean by that is I go to some networking events. I went we to all, one. I went to one on Tuesday. Yeah, a networking was, event. Yeah, yeah, it was billed as networking, right? Okay. I didn't go and like, here's my business card, right? Here's 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 my business card. Call me, call me, call me, call me. Yeah. Right? yeah. I try and create 
and this is how networking really works. Create a vacuum, mm-hmm. right? And one of the ways that you can do that is ask them more about themselves yeah, yeah. than you talk about your yourself. Right. My goal is to get them to talk 80% of the time mm-hmm. and me 20. And those who know me, right. they're like, whoa, 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 wait. Mike is not. Like Mike is the gregarious, he's always the talker. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, when you get to know me, I'm, you know, we move beyond it, right? Yeah. But if I don't know you, I'm going to ask you tons of questions about who you are, what you do, blah, 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 and leave them in a vacuum. Right. And the other tip that I've got, the, the networking tip, right? don't give them your business card. Don't expect right. them to do it. Unless because, they ask for it. Unless they ask for it. Unless they right? ask but for even it. if they ask for it, what you do is turn it around on them. Yeah. Right? I'll tell you what I mean by that in a minute. But think about it. You're yourself. Think about it. If I gave you a business card, I didn't know you first time I met you. Yeah. Where does that business card end up? Right here. Oh, sweet. A stack of 700 business cards. Um, who's the 30th card down? 30th card down? Let's see. I would say you got probably. a count, right? You don't know. I don't know, but let's just say I'll pull one random. Right. Pantera Sound. Okay. When was the last time you used them? Never. Exactly. But they're in my mailing list. Okay, there you go. Now, when was the last time you used someone who wasn't in that stack? Wasn't in that stack. Like, example, a business? Yeah. Shit, every day I use somebody who's not in that stack. Exactly. And how come do you, or how or why do you use the people that are not in that stack? Why don't I use the people that are in that stack? Because I haven't built a relationship yet. Exactly. Yeah. So how do you build a relationship? You leave it in a vacuum. And what I mean by that is ask them lots of questions about yourself. And then if they start to network, if they start to say, you know, hey, what do you do? What do you do? Right? Turn it back on them and say, hey, I want to talk about you. Or if you're in a social event and someone's trying to network with you, call them out. Hey, tonight's not about work. Tonight's about the XYZ thing. Right. Let's talk about it later. Right. I'll call you. So if you leave it with I'll call you and you right. follow up and actually call them, you've just elevated yourself above everybody else. Right. So if one of those people that's in that stack that you had that introduction to mm-hmm. called you the next day mm-hmm. and said, let's get together and talk more. Right. Where would you put them? Would you elevate them to the top or would they stay in the stack? It's a buildup. You would, but you would elevator they the might be in a different start side. yes right it might be a different and then you investigate because but right. they've come to the top of people you want to talk to now you might find they're full of bs and they're not worth your time and so they don't then they don't even go in the stack they get tossed in the round file right which is where you get those cards like like when you are just given that random card it typically goes in the round file yeah right you're like ah eh, whatever Right. It may not go in the round file immediately. It might go in your stack that's sitting on the right hand side of your desk for the next <laughs> but seven years. But it is on the desk, right? Because when did you get that card? <laughs> right. Right? right. It's gone. Right. So what impact did it do? Right. None. Right. Now I admit, I give my card out to people, right? Yeah. And I'm saying, here's my card. But it's a piece of your 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 soul, right? It's like a little bit. Here's a but I give my card and then I call the next day. So I called someone well, today. Well, mine is, you know, when I take my card out, I take out my Lizo card holder. So it's a lot of work oh, to pull you. it out. So it's then all the, fancy and wood. Well, right. But then the person's like, what's going on here, right? I'm opening this thing, okay. pulling out the card. They feel special. And I put this back in my pocket. And then they give me their card. I was like, you know what? Just slide it in here. It's going to be in the special place. Aww. And then they feel good. That's so sweet. <laughs> I feel so special. And then it goes from here to the stack. Wait, is my card in that stack? No. Is my card in that stack? Because I remember you giving me your card. Let me see. No, it's not. People on the on the other end of the podcast, he's yes. he's, he's taking a 10-second flip through all these cards. But see. yep, is in here. Oh, oh, Antonio. Oh, I'm sorry, brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not no, in the stack. Yeah, you know, in the beginning when you start learning how to talk to people, you hunger for that card. Yes, right. Don't hunger for it. Make it. Yeah, but then as you call them, but then as you start building this your own network, right? 
And that's one of the really, really important point that you're making and we're making here is that if I'm going to refer somebody, it's going to be to somebody I trust. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. Not to somebody who I just met. No. 